I want to talk about delivery robots being attacked by homeless people. Basically, there's these robots out there now that you can, restaurants can use that you can put food into and they will deliver the food for you. Well, there's a new software out there called Roundtable AI. And what it does is it simulates surveys in the shoes of the people you want to survey. And you can begin to pull surveys that are fake. Sam Altman, who's the founder of OpenAI, he has a blue backpack. He always has this blue backpack with him. Why does he have this backpack? The reason he has this backpack is for the singularity. AI reaches a point where it begins to be smarter than the people who developed it, and it begins to act on its own. It stops taking commands. It stops doing what you tell it to do. And it says, no, I know what's actually better. The only way to stop it at that point, if that happens, is to have a remote shutdown. And the remote shutdown is in Sam Altman's blue backpack. Just kill me at that moment. Welcome back to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your co-host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. I am Tanner Applegate. I am the CEO and founder of Unified Dental. We are a software solution to help you guys bridge the disconnected nature of all of your software platforms inside of your office. So today we got some really cool stuff to talk about. Number one, Sam Altman, who's the founder of OpenAI, he has a blue backpack for emergency situations and he carries it everywhere. And when I learned about this, it's for doomsday scenarios. And I we're going to talk about that. That's going to be the last one we talked about. And then recently I've been playing around with a new AI called Roundtable AI, where you can simulate surveys. And this is really, really cool. So we'll talk about that. But first, I want to talk about delivery robots being attacked by homeless people. Have you have you seen that video floating around on online? Yes, it makes me so. This is, every time I see it, you know what comes straight to my head? This is why we can't have nice yeah, things. Me too. <laughs> every time. So basically, there's these robots out there now that you can restaurants can use that you can put food into, and they will deliver the food for you. And it sounds really cool, right? Like that, what's, what can happen? What's the worst that can happen with those, right? Well, you see a lot of them on like college campuses or like really tight, high density living areas. Not, it, you're not going to see it. I don't see it in Denver. I don't know if you guys see it in LA, but. Yeah, no, I, I haven't, I have not seen one personally, but there are some nearby us that I've heard about. Well, anyways, someone was using one and uh, some people saw it on the street and they figured out, oh, there's stuff in here. And so they just beat the fire out of the robot, broke it open, stole all the food out of it. And it's, it's, it's interesting, right? So would it be cool if we could have like Amazon, as an example, if we didn't need like Amazon drivers and if we didn't need all these delivery cars and all these, you know, it would, it would be great for so many different reasons if we could do that and it would lower everybody's cost, delivery fees would go. I mean, there's so many great things that would happen if, if we were to, to go in that direction. But it's unlikely because if there's no people there, then what's going to happen? People are going to get their hands on on a drone or something like that, bring it down, and and it's gonna they're going to steal your stuff. So it's like you said, Tanner. It's like this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, I think though that the the drone solution to me solves it to a degree, right? Like it's so easy to like attack a robot that's like walking right by you because it's just there. Not that I have this urge to attack robots that walk by me, Gary, just to clarify. Yeah. But it makes it something that makes it easily accessible to do. 
you throw it up in the air, the level of effort in order to take that thing down becomes a whole lot more. I mean, sure, I could see a bored teenager like turning that into a game to see how many Amazon drones we could take down. Yes. But yeah. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show, but we're going to do a quick segment that I think will bring you a ton of value, and we're calling it Ask Gary. So we have people who are sending in their questions to askgary at smcnational.com, or they're DMing us or dropping them in the comments below. And today's question comes from Craig, and he asked this, is direct mail marketing making a comeback? And this is a great question. And what most people don't realize about direct mail marketing is that it never went away. Um, there's always a time or an opportunity for it, but you got to understand how it works. So I'm just going to give you the basic economics of direct mail. There's always going to be a cost associated with it because you got to print a tangible thing and then you got to distribute it. So there's always going to be that cost with it. However, if you're the only person in your market doing direct mail, then it will work. Here's the tricky part though. What happens is, is people see that you're sending direct mail. Other competitors see that you're sending direct mail. And then they copy you and they send the same thing. So before, if you were sending a postcard out to, let's say, 10,000 homes, and let's say you're getting 40 new patients from it, then the next person that sends out with you, they're going to copy you. They're going to do something similar. Now you're only going to get 20 patients from it. And then other people are going to see that you two are doing it. So, of course, they got to do it too. And then they're going to cut you down. Now you're only getting about 13 new patients. And then somebody else is going to copy it. Now you're getting 10 and so on and so forth. To the next thing you know, it seems like everybody in that market is sending postcards and nobody's getting results from it. So then the cycle starts over again. Everybody stops and then they send it again. So the trick is, is trying to figure out in your market when other people aren't going to be sending postcards. And if no one's sending postcards, then it'll work great. But if everybody's sending postcards, then it doesn't work. There's also one other thing that really plays into this is that you have to realize that most people are going to go and search you online. So if if you're sending out postcards and you don't have Google reviews, you don't have your website set up properly, you don't have your phone answering set up, you're, you're at the national average of 35% unanswered call rate, then none of it's going to work anyway. So really understanding the foundation of internet marketing is really the most important thing to understand when it comes to direct mail marketing. Nets. Yeah, throwing out nets off of a building or something like that. They'll always be those dumb teenagers, but it won't be something that like a homeless person just takes advantage of every time it just happens to drive by them. And so I think that there are ways to solve that. Another alternative too, that I recently saw an update on was Waymo in San Francisco. You ever been, you ever driven in San Francisco? Unfortunately, yes. They're the worst roads ever. Skinny, hilly, like terrible drivers, you have to know et cetera. How, yeah, you had to know how to drive there for sure. You know, no rookie drivers allowed. And so Waymo just started their public beta. They've been private for a while, but they just started their public beta of self-driving autonomous cars there in San Francisco, right? And so I'm sitting here thinking, well, if they can, Waymo's confident enough to do it in San Francisco with how crazy the driving situation is there, why are we not going to be just moving then to self-driving autonomous cars? I'm less likely to attack a car that's going 60 miles an hour at me than I am oh, the so little using, robot that's so basically going make the robot bigger. Make the robot bigger is what right. you're saying. And also what, what you'll have to get to, let's pretend that there's all these robots and stuff on the road. Like there's ways you could defend the robot, right? Like not only making it bigger, but also putting things that would prevent people from wanting to touch it or interact with it, um, whatever that may be, right? I think we should t- put it into an attack mode. <laughs> Just have a shock. Fight back. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Stand up for yourself. 
just have a shocker. I don't want no pansy robot. Yeah. I, 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 I'm sure that could uh, lead to some lawsuits and things like that, but that's why Tanner and I are, aren't in charge of that. So yeah, I didn't it, like that idea. It's interesting. <laughs> we'll have to move on from there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's move on to the next one. So I want to talk about this roundtable AI. So we have anytime that you work in business, you always want more information, right? You want more information with the clients that you work with and you want more information. And Tanner, you can relate to this from the people you don't work with yet. And sometimes it's hard to get that information. It's hard, number one, to collect it. Number two, it's hard to uh, get people to tell you how they actually feel because sometimes they don't know how they feel or sometimes they're ashamed in the way they feel or whatever, right? So there's all these layers of trying to get surveys done and get accurate information. Well, there's a new software out there called Roundtable AI. And what it does is it simulates surveys with AI. So what it does is it, it puts itself as an AI uh, platform in the shoes of the people you want to survey. And you can begin to pull surveys that are fake. They're not real. So you can't use them for like news releases and things like that. But you can use them for a level of research to at least point you in the right direction. I haven't used it yet, but I've been looking at it. What Would you use something like that, Tanner? Would you be like, you know what? I would give something like that a try to try to get uh, at least a starting point for some information. At least a starting point for sure, right? I think that to me, I would want to be able to A, B, test it. Let's run a simulation. Let's run a live one. Test those to see how accurately it comes out. And then from there, gain a level of confidence in it to turn around and know, okay, yes, I can trust it. It is within like a specific margin of error or it's not. It's completely out of there and it's not even close to being right. And I would know kind of from there I wouldn't use it blindly. And I guess I would use it where the alternative is I'm not going to get any information, right? Like I know that I'm not going to go on and run this live survey. And so instead, I'm just going to use this, give me some direction, but really kind of still bank a lot on my gut and my intuition to begin with. Yeah. I think a lot of times we don't know where to start though. You know what I mean? That's what the tricky part is, is like, do I go left or do I go right? Does it help you create the survey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can build AI models for, of your customers. So you can simulate surveys in seconds. Use AI to instantly simulate your customers. So you can build AI models of your customers, instantly si- simulate new surveys, asking any question to your, any customer segment. Get started now with your general purpose model and leverage your data to build a proprietary model. Results you can uh, trust. Explore the data behind the model to understand how it works. Get confidence when... Uh, to take action and when to gather more data and then make better decisions faster. Use our our growing suite of tools to quickly go from in, uh, insight to action, instantly identify optimal pricing, product, messaging, and more. Promise this isn't a sponsored ad. It's this not is just scary, really excited. Yeah, no, it's super <laughs> cool. It's really, really cool. So I think that this would be really good for a dental office where your cus- your target customer is something that is large, right? There's a lot of people that you could go in and segment and do it with. I think that for like you and me, where our target audience is the like the dental industry, this would be less applicable because I think there'd probably be nuances involved in it that they wouldn't understand. But if I were a dental office using this to be able to simulate like what is my ideal customer want, I think for sure that would be oh, yeah. a platform that I would start. Absolutely. You could get information that uh, that dental probably hasn't had access to just because of the way the information lives you're, in the PMS and stuff. You're, 
As a marketing company, though, have you ever, uh, I mean, worked with a customer? I know that you guys have gotten to the point where you're pretty good on what you do for your customers. You don't go out of the box a ton now. But I know that there are people that still reach out to you to just brainstorm ideas with them. I'm going to start um, using this. You should. Yeah, you should start pushing them towards this. And I'm curious to see what they uh, what their responses are. Yeah, so you can load. Uh, you can do uh, by gender, labor force, participation, age, race, ethnicity. Um, and then you can do surveys around product interest, ranking, willingness to pay, shopping habits, branding, product naming. See, and a lot of this, and, and then you can do like, panel surveys, ethical product importance, consumption patterns, presidential uh, approval. So see, a lot of this information is already out there. It's just how do I aggregate it for me and my customers so that I can make decisions around to go left or to go right. So this is really cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play around with it and I'll give you an update. Yeah, play around with it. Let me know. I'm curious because obviously when I think about my target audience, I don't think a ton about target audience as I did like demographics when I was running a DSO. And maybe I should have thought more about target audience, but I was kind of thinking, okay, like what is the population that's willing to pay? And they're not going to have like a geographic population around like a three mile radius around my office. Yeah, I'll play with it. I'll, I'll come back with some answers. So let's, let's, um, cool though. It is cool. Um, all right. So, uh, okay. Sam Altman's backpack. This is a big one like a really big one. And it's kind of spooky, to be honest with you. So Sam Altman, who's the founder of OpenAI, he has a blue backpack. And if you go and pull up videos of him speaking, he always has this blue backpack with him. And it's, it's kind of crazy. Why does he have this backpack? The reason he has this backpack is for the singularity. What is that? This is where AI reaches a point where it begins to be smarter than the people who developed it. And it begins to act on its own. So it stops taking commands. It stops doing what you tell it to do. And it says, no, I know what's actually better. And I'm smarter than you. And it begins to act on its own. And it acts maliciously. So the only way to stop it at that point, if that happens, is to have a remote shutdown. And the remote shutdown is in Sam Altman's blue backpack. And he's so like concerned about this that he carries this backpack everywhere with him. So at any moment he can shut down all of all of the AI that that is out there with OpenAI. Wow, <laughs> that's wild! It's like straight out of a movie. I don't know. Is this like a PR thing because people don't trust OpenAI, or is this like a real thing? It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Go go pull up pictures. Just Google. I know, but like, has somebody opened that backpack to like check it, or is this just like what he verbally says that it is in order to get people to trust him? Because don't worry, he's got your back. Well, that does not give me comfort that your solution is the thing that you carry around in your blue backpack. Like, what if you get hit by a car? What if what if someone steals the backpack? Like, that does not give me comfort that that's your solution for for the problem. The other thing is, Tanner, is that. He believes it's a big enough problem to carry this backpack everywhere with him. So it's like a double-edged sword. One, your solution sucks to solving the problem. Number two, it's a real problem because you're actually carrying this thing everywhere with you. Golly, that's wild. I don't even know what to think of that. I, like, here's some of the thoughts running through my mind. You ready? What's the brand of the backpack? Because if he can trust the whole doomsday situation to this brand of backpack, I want that backpack. So right? it looks like a, so that's the first thing I'm thinking Patagonia. 
Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Then I'm on the same page. Okay. I trust Patagonia with my life too. Yeah. Um, the second thing is like, if this is, obviously it's not just like a big red button that he's going to push. I imagine that there is some type of like technology in there that has to have some connectivity in order to initiate I bet you this. I bet you it's just a con- is he banking on like the cell or is he banking on like, like, satellites what's he banking on so here? so what it says that he called they call it the this new s- site calls it the nuclear backpack and what it does is it says it shuts down the remote um it shuts down the remote centers the data, the data centers, centers. Yeah, yeah remotely so it's a it's a it's a back door into the data centers it just turns off so it's an off switch on the back of your computer basically but it's remote um, that he he carries with him everywhere. So so I'm thinking it's Have you probably ever seen a uh, Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossible. Okay. Uh, anyway, are you going to see it, or can we do a little bit of spoiler? Spoiler, chat spoiler. Right now? Go ahead, yeah. Okay. So, well, don't 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 listen if you haven't seen it. You want to see it? Spoiler alert ahead. But at the beginning of this new Mission Impossible, I think it's a two part movie, maybe in three parts. The an AI bot overcomes, I mean, uh, takes over a submarine, which launches a fake missile, and then it comes back around and blows itself up so that it will sink to the bottom of the ocean. And so now the AI hub is at the bottom of the ocean in this like Arctic place that nobody can find, right? I'm like, who's to say that this data center is going to be enough to shut that down? It'll be controlling everything. Like he's already replicated himself onto a submarine. Like, Mission Impossible came up with this. It's not that hard. AI will be able to come up with it too. Yeah. So, okay. So someone posted about this on Twitter and said, you know, this is Sam Altman's nuclear backpack that he carries everywhere with him. And then somebody under, underneath it said, bro, did you really just tell tell ChatGPT about the nuclear backup backpack? <laughs> right. Like, it's like... <laughs> it, it, you, like a data center is going to be enough to stop it. The singularity, man. Anyway, so I've seen some movies. I know this isn't going to end well. This is this is crazy, right? Like I I wasn't worried about it before this. Like I was like, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's not a big deal. Everybody thought it was the end of the world when internet came out and stuff like that too. Um, but now I'm actually kind of concerned about it because the guy who developed it is concerned enough to carry a backpack everywhere. Honestly, though, if this is the end of the world, we get singularity and it ends up wiping out the humans. The reality is, is like. Who's to keep us from our, ourselves anyways, whether it's us or somebody else is going to happen. I'm and just kill me at that moment, right? Like I, I'll just take, I'll just be a part of that. I don't really care. I don't want to, want to stick around. Awesome, man. Well, good talk today. I think we solved a lot of problems. All right. Peace. <laughs> I think so too. We just need Sam Altman to listen to this pod. Mm-hmm.